Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every Grey's ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And the new season streaming March 15th. Hey guys, I've been telling you about how we are big fans of Tacova's boots. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for our listeners. Tacova's will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R E A L F R I E N D S. That's T E C O. V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Here's some stories about a show we made. About a bunch of docs and nurses and a janitor who loved to hate. I said, here's a story. Yeah. Think? <laughs> How funny is that? It's fire, dude. That is fly. It's fire, right? I, ladies and gentlemen, I am wearing the onesie. I have the prototype on. Hold on, come here. Come here, Case. Hold Does up, Casey want to see my moose knuckle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show, show, Whoa. show, Casey your moose knuckle. Casey, look. Oh my word! Casey, look. Wait, Casey, look. Let me get Donald. Let me get Donald on it. See that? He's frozen. Oh, you're frozen. Oh, you you pulled it up. You pulled it tight. It's so Look, tiny. Look Casey. how small it is, babe. Don't oh, shut no. up, Donald. I've seen it in bear. <laughs> you've, seen well, it, you've seen it raw, you said? I've seen it in the bear. You've seen it in the yeah, bear. Yeah. Casey, over the years, she's definitely seen my peep, but but I'm okay with it. Hey, Donald. I'm okay how, with it, too. I just, is that how weird? Nice, is how nice. Is that weird? Is that well, weird? No, we've, we've we've known each other a long time, and there's been alcohol and hot tubs and crazy there's shit. There's been a lot of that. That is true. <laughs> hey, do you like this onesie? How sexy is this? I love that onesie. It looks a little small on you. I though. know. I gotta tell you, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the fans who are listening right now. If you if you order this size, go a size up because I am a six foot male, and this is a large, and I'm experiencing both moose knuckle and wedgie. Ay, ay, ay. We'll send that into the team. Oh, my God. Moose knuckle. Hold on. 
Let me get this straight. Go ahead, girl. Moose knuckle. Yeah. And wedgie. Yeah, now I'm worried our fans are going to, uh, for the lucky, I don't know how many we got, like 600, which is probably either a lot or too little. But That sounds really uncomfortable, man. Well, I'm just telling you, we're going to put it on the site to make sure people know. It, it's a, I feel this is, this is not a large. This is a medium to me. And if you, you well, nowadays the the extra large is the large nowadays, man. When you go to Nike and you buy a sweatsuit, do you buy the large or do you buy the extra? Well, large? you know what they do because I've been doing some online clothes shopping. That's smart these days. They tell you what the model is wearing. They'll be like the model is six one and and wearing a medium or whatever. So so I'm the model to tell you that I'm six foot and slim, and a large is too small. There we go. I wish I had an XL. So this is your your announcement. We'll put that on the site too, I guess. <laughs> um, hi guys. You know what I gotta hey. say real quick? I just realized what you have no ego, sir. Because Casey and I made a small penis reference, yeah. and she was like, "I know, I've seen it in the bear." And instead of you being like, "My penis ain't small," you went, you were like, "Well, yeah, there's been a lot of hot tub days and." Well, I'm you know, a grower. You, you I'm a grower, not a shower, Donald. I, I, uh, I'm very happy with my with my penis. Oh, for fuck's sake, just stop talking about your willies. Sorry, Deb. Deb, <laughs> sorry. We're gonna just do one or two sentences on it. Um, but it's a grower. It's uh, you know, like George in 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 Seinfeld. Uh, if it's cold out, he's like a turtle. He 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 tucks in for warmth. I'm a grower, not a shower. You're a fucking eel that only gets bigger. I've seen that thing. <laughs> like a fat baby's arm. All right, listen. We have a new show for you tonight, everybody. We have a new you wish. Again. Listen. I wish it was a fat baby's arm. Listen, we have an exciting show for you today. We're going to do a special episode with the John Doris, uh, the whole inspiration for Scrubs. He was Bill's college friend, and he uh, uh, they partied together, and then he became a very, very fancy cardiologist, cardiac surgeon, I believe. And now he is heading up. He is the Dr. Kelso of Kaiser Permanente, which is one of the biggest hospitals in Los Angeles. And um, we got him. And my dog has chosen this moment to play with the loud toy. So we'll have to deal with that too. But um, it's so thrilling. So um, I thought we'd talk to him about scrubs first and foremost. And then because he's so smart and genius about COVID, we could ask him questions about the vaccines and how that's all rolling out because no one knows more than this guy. So this is a fancy guest, everybody. I'm really excited about and this. I'm sorry. I have so many questions. I know. I'm, I couldn't him. sleep last night. I was rehearsing. I, 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 took, I took notes. Did, yeah, you listen I have, to, did you listen to that podcast yeah. that you listen to? I did listen to the podcast. Oh, I did. you for I once did. did your homework. Well, I mean... It, all right, let's just talk about. Okay, let's get him in. Let's get him in. Let's get him. Let's get him. All right, get him in, Dan. Here he comes. There he is. Oh hey. my God! Hey! Thunderous applause. Wait, did you guys have trouble sleeping last night because you were nervous like me? I literally yeah. did. I literally did. Are you by the way, me? Uh, by the way, this is our producer uh, Joel and our editor engineer Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Joel. Dr. John. Hi. I. Uh, uh, Okay. Oh my God! I'm so excited to see you. Are you, you just recording? Got a new you nickname. Reco- Your new nickname is Doctor John. Doctor <laughs> John. Cow. Isn't there Joel a, uh, a blues? There's a blues guy, Doctor John, isn't there? <laughs> Listen, welcome to the program, everybody. This is uh, the real JD. We called him Real JD because uh, the whole time he did scrubs, because not only was he uh, Bill's inspo for writing the show, 
Um, but his name is John Doris, a.k.a. J.D., and he was also our medical advisor on the show. So he is just the perfect guest for this program. He and his wife. He and his That's wife. That's right. Dolly, Dolly as well. Now, John, Can I ask you a question? How's, how, how is Dolly and how are your children? Doll, oh, thank you, Donald. Dolly is doing great. She uh, is now teaching kids and parents about sex and drugs and pornography. What? In That's what context her, is that? I, she uh, she started her own business called Adolescence, and she she you know she's a physician, she's a family physician, but now she just saw a huge opportunity for uh, sex education uh, and and sort of lifestyle education for for kids uh, that wasn't being met, and so she's doing that now. So is that uh, just in LA or that is a anywhere? whole nother podcast right there. <laughs> That's right. We're going to get her on for so that. We're going to book we're going to book Dolly for that. But wait, John, is that just in uh LA or is that all over the country? She'll do it anywhere. And now that it's now that it's Zoom, uh she does it she does it everywhere. Yeah. So it's sort of um starting a conversation with teens about sex and is it with their parents or do they do it separately? How does that work? All different all different variations. She does all ages. She does it in school. She does it with parents. She does it in groups, in individuals. She's she's really the brains of the operation. It's, well, now, uh, if someone wanted to – what is the – is there a website for that? How do people find out about that? Yeah. Well, thank well, you for asking. Well, plug it's, your wife right off the bat here. Yeah. yeah. It's adolescensla.com. Adolescence, L-E-S-S-O-N-S. Pretty clever – Title, right? Wait, say it again. I've already lost you. How do you how do you spell it? <laughs> A-D-O-L-E-S-S-O-N-S. Adolescence. Some brilliant marketer oh, must have come up with like that adolescence. name. Got it. Adolescence. <laughs> now, John, yeah. I, I don't even know where to begin with you because I have so much. We want to talk, obviously, uh, about um, vaccines. Everything be- that you're doing right now. Yeah, but I think we should start at the beginning. Yeah. Let's start at but the very to, beginning. We, we, yeah. Yes. <laughs> A very good place to start. And where we usually start with that is with uh, your connection with Bill Lawrence. We yes. All, we, oh, he, he talks yeah. about this all the time. Every yeah. time he's on the show, he talks about this and brags yeah. about this. But- for us, for the listeners out there, and for yeah. Zach and I, from your mouth, it would be great to hear that story. Yes, and also, I just want you to know, we all know Billy is a huge exaggerator, and um, <laughs> every time you hear, I've heard stories that I was there, and like five years later, the story is nothing like what happened, but it's amazing, because yes. he's a genius storyteller, but like, there's like a shred of fact left. So I've heard that you were a big partier. And you guys used to rage in college, and then he could never imagine the whole the, the the catalyst for him writing Scrubs was he couldn't imagine that this guy, his partying, puking college buddy, was going to become a doctor. Go, <laughs> go! Wow, yes, he he does. Um, he uh, is a great storyteller. The fish gets bigger every time uh, the story is told. But uh, so Bill and I, by the way, can people, are people seeing me or no? This is no, all audio. No you look fabulous. You. you look but wonderful. You look handsome. I'm glad I want, you the, are I want the audience to know that you, you, look, you look more <laughs> handsome than JD ever did. That's why. <laughs> well, you know, that is, a, that is a funny story that when Bill was making the show and it was going to happen, he said to me, well, now I just have to find an actor who's as pear-shaped and boring as you. Oh, my God. What a dick. What a dick. And that was the moment you punched him in the face, right? That was right. when you did it. All right, come on. So how did you meet? How did you meet? 
Okay, so uh, yes, Bill and I met when we were 17. We were uh, in college together at William & Mary in, in Williamsburg, Virginia. And uh, we met as freshmen. I don't know if we were in the same, we were in different dorms, but then, but then joined the same fraternity. Yeah, I mean, it was a very similar relationship, I think, to Turk and JD, actually, which I, my interpretation, I don't know if I've ever told this to Bill, but my interpretation of his writing of that was semi-autobiographical in that, not the medicine part, but the fact that I was sort of the quiet, nerdy guy, and he was the popular, you know, sports jock, you know, he's great at basketball, he's good looking, he would always be with another woman, you know, like, and and I would just sort of be his his sort of mute wingman. Right. Yeah, but you know what you, you know who's more interesting in the story. When they tell those stories, you know who's the more interesting person. Right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's not the guy with all the attributes. It's the one that nobody knows anything about, man. The so, quiet one. The, the quiet, quiet killer. Ones, right on. That's that's Bill stays true to form. He stayed true to form. He stays true to form. He wrote this show about you. There's not a lot of him in this. This is truly about Scrubs is truly about you. Well, what he's saying, Donald, if I understand him correctly, is, is and that's something I've never heard before, was that in his opinion, there's a whole lot of Bill and Turk. Yes. Right. Yes, exactly. exactly. I think that's awesome. I hope I did. I, I hope when Bill looks at Turk, he's like, well, you, you think know. about it. Turk is like a, bas- a handsome basketball player with a fuckload of confidence. <laughs> right, right. He's the biggest, the biggest personality in the room always. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's uh, that's Bill to a T. <laughs> right on. I hope I did him proud. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what was it like in college? Did you were you really the big partier that, that he's made you out to be over the years? I, I mean, we were we were pretty, you know, sophomoric uh, and uh, and it was in the 80s and there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, um, beer drinking. And uh, I didn't know if he was going beer or Coke, but we'll just say I, I think I think the subtitle when you say 80s, it really means Coke. But OK, beer, sure, beer. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, I think that, you know, as the party would go on, I'd be the guy who would fall asleep and he'd be the guy that would rage, uh, rage all night. So I'm, I'm sure that uh, that we started out at the parties together, uh, but he 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 always closed down the bar. He was so hammered. He probably never knew you left. He was like, and, and JD was with me the whole time. <laughs> I knew I'd make it back to the to the to the frat house because JD was by my side. Right, right. So, okay. So I'm going to fast forward because we have so much to cover. At a certain point, Bill becomes a successful writer. He's made Spin City, and he obviously gets this idea inspired by you. Tell me what that first call was like. Did he did he did he call you and say, "Hey, what do you think of this? How did that go?" Yeah. So yeah, I was a I was a internal medicine resident at this point. So I had finished medical school, and now I was an internal medicine resident at Brown in Providence, Rhode Island. Shout out Got to it. Providence, fancy. Um, and uh, yeah, he called and he started to say, "Listen, you've been telling me these stories for years now, and and I'm gonna write this show about it. You know, I think that they're really funny." And to me, I'm thinking. The stories that I told them were horrific. Like you can't tell 
people those stories because they're never going to go to the hospital again. They're going to think <laughs> that, that, that it's crazy. But, you know, he's a genius at, at using hyperbole and, and a comic genius. And he was able to capture the very human part of every story, but then make it then make it very funny. And did you um, some of this stuff in the pilot in particular, Bill says that you said really happened, for example, hiding in the closet for one of your first codes. <laughs> did that happen? OK, that needs clarity. OK, that it's one clarity. of the bill, it's bill hyperbole, but give us some clarity. <laughs> so, yes, I did tell him about the first code. And for those people who don't know what a code is, um, when someone has a life threatening event in a hospital, they make an announcement the code blue announcement over the over the uh, PA and and all of the residents, uh, if it's a, if it's a teaching hospital, will run there to try to save the person. And at Brown, we had it's a big place. There are four hospitals all connected with these gerbil tubes, and so um, I was running to that first code, and I realized like. I'm probably going to be the first one there. And so I totally, I admit it. I admit it. I totally stopped and like acted like my shoe needed tying. And like I picked up this thing and, and my, my senior resident came up behind me saying, I saw you stop. You get your ass to that code. So, because at that point, when you're an intern, you don't know what you're doing in the beginning. Right. Right. So it was terrifying. were you still in charge of the were you still in charge of the situation when you got there because your senior resident resident saw you do that? <laughs> no, I was not going to be in charge because by the time I I wasted time and acted all like I better take my time, um there were already 10 people in the room and so yeah, I I I never lived that down. My my senior resident that year never never let me live that down and when I told Bill that story, he loved it. Um, and then, of course, he turned it into the the one of the most famous scenes in Scrubs, where right. where you guys end up in the. Well, I think it was so it was so great because it it, it I, I think that moment the reason it's so special is it really kind of sums up what the premise of the show was. Yes, I've been trained to be a doctor, and yes, I've done all the reading and I passed all the tests, but I'm still a kid and I'm fucking terrified. And I want to help, but I'm scared to help. I mean, it was the character of JD in a nutshell. And so he hides in a closet. And there, of course, is Elliot uh, hiding along with him. Now, did your romance, now, was Molly, uh, sorry, Dolly, your wife, was she your Elliot? I mean, was that an inspiration for Bill as well? I, I think probably in a way. So Dolly and I, um, can I tell you the story of how Dolly and I met? Yeah, Listen, absolutely. I, everybody wants to know the real story. Yes. <laughs> everybody wants to know this. Dolly and I met in medical school. And in medical school, the first two years, you're in a giant auditorium. And I was a, I was, like I said, quiet, nerdy guy sitting way in the back. And uh, you guys know Dolly. She is the life of the party. She's always smiling. She's friends with everybody. So she was right down in the front. And every day I would see this gorgeous girl come in to the class, but she'd be late. And she then, you know, trying to bring her breakfast in. So I, one day I brought an orange and I asked the person in front of me, can you send this down to Dolly? And of course, because everyone knows Dolly, I had the bird's eye view and I watched the orange go directly beeline to her. Baller move. And I did that 
for a few days in a row. And then the next day, she brought an orange. And she asked the person next to her, can you send this to John Doris? And again, I had the bird's eye view. And I watched that orange meander around the room. Nobody <laughs> knew where it was going. By the time it got to me, it was half eaten. <laughs> That's actually funny. Why the fuck did that not make it? <laughs> right? <laughs> And so that was uh, that's how that budding relationship started. Now tell us about um, how. So once the show's up and running, um, you became our medical advisor. At what point were you like, "All right, so long, Brown, so long, Rhode Island. Here we go, L.A." Well, Dolly, that's a great question, Donald. So Dolly is from uh, L.A. She grew up in L.A. She went to high school out here, and she went to UCLA. Um, and so we met. Uh, you know, on the East Coast in New England, and we knew we were going to get married. And so she said, we're going back to uh, have a family in L.A. She wanted to be near her parents. Uh, and so we knew we were coming back. And it was just serendipity that that, that Bill was making this show. And he asked uh, if, if we wanted to be involved. And of course, uh, the rest is history. So was I, that too right, dramatic? Was that no, too that dramatic? Was great. The rest, uh, is, rest history. is history. I'm going to use that right there. <laughs> rest is history. That's a clever end of a sentence. Now, John, um, now tell us, I mean, you got people, I'm sure we have a lot of medical people in the medical field that listen, but obviously a lot of laymen who, who like us, who truly know almost nothing. Um, how would the process go with you and Bill? Because at times we would get scripts before you'd been there and it would say like medical jargon will go here in parentheses. <laughs> and then at times I'm sure he came to you and said, I need a thing that would cause someone to be like this. Like, so tell us about yeah. how you would work with Bill and the writers. Yeah. Uh, Bill, it would be exactly that. Bill would call me. He'd say, you know, we need someone to be, you know, really sick, like on their deathbed, but they can't die because that, you know, they have to be able to get better suddenly and have a bunch of lines. Uh, and it can't be cancer because that's too sad. And it can't be. And so I'm thinking like, okay, well, and so I would come up with, with scenarios and occasionally I'd, I'd have to interject and I'd say, you know, Bill, that, that what you're doing there, that that's really f too fake. That's not really the the way it would happen. And he would sort of like, you know, pat me on the back and say, you know, fake is funnier. And that was sort of the end of the conversation. <laughs> That's kind of cool. A lot of it is, if, if I could equate it to anything, you were kind of like flight simulating scenarios. Like, you know how you play the game? Like you play flight simulator and you fly different uh, missions and stuff like that. You were trying or DMing or dungeon mastering uh, different types of ways that, that's really interesting. I w would you reconstruct it or or would you deconstruct it? Right, right. So it, it's almost, it, I would definitely do some reverse engineering, Donald, be, you know, knowing what the outcome would have to be, you know, if they were going to die or not die. And then I would I would try to draw from from cases from my own uh, experience. And as, as the seasons went on, I don't know if you guys took note of this, but as the seasons went on and I became more and more specialized out of internal medicine, into cardiology, and then ultimately a uh, cardiac electrophysiologist, 
the scenarios became more cardiac in uh, <laughs> they all because I forgot all that other stuff. Uh, but uh, I, think well, I, suddenly, I have a funny memory of you that um, that I've told in the podcast before, but I want to say it while you're here, and that is so. So, John, in addition to helping with the writing and helping Bill and the writers come up with the right scenarios and all the the jargon, he would also when there were times where we had to be doing procedures, um, be there when he could, or or Dolly would sometimes do it when John couldn't. Um, and, and this was back in the day before smartphones. And so John would, would obviously need to be keeping track of his patients. And, uh, and he would, I remember, and there's still the fax machine era, obviously. And I remember a, a PA handing, uh, John a fax of someone's like EKG. And he looked at it and he's like, yeah, I should probably get going. <laughs> so I don't mean to imply that you didn't have uh, your patients covered by other doctors, but were there times when you were with us where you had to sort of book out of there? There are definitely. And, you know, the way that things happen in TV land is very different from the the expectations of the way things that happen in every other job situation land. Like, what was his name? Franklin, right? Franklin. Franklin, yeah. Franklin our, got one of our better. assistant directors. <laughs> That's yeah. it. That's it. Franklin would call me. He'd say, "JD, we're going to do a, a OR scene with uh, with Donald uh, at noon. Can you be here at noon? Yeah, I'll be there at eleven forty-five because I like to be prompt." And I would get there, and at like seven at night, he'd be <laughs> like, "Okay, let's turn around. We'll start that scene with Donald." And I, like, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's, that's the movie I do business. have to go back to the hospital after this. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's very, the timing, the timing was very different. Obviously, he, they, you know, things happen on, on the set where you have to do things one way or another. But uh, that was a pretty frequent, uh, I'll yeah. call it a frustration. I'll call it yeah. a frustration. So, wait, so when we were doing scrubs, you were still doing rounds then? Yes, when we were doing Scrubs, uh, so early on uh, in the first five seasons, I was still a fellow. I was a, I was a cardiology fellow and a and an EP fellow, and so I was constantly running back and forth to the set uh, from from the hospital, and it was a frenetic life, but it was great. It was such a great experience, and the 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 cast and crew were all so nice and accommodating. Uh, it was really a fun time of life. I, I mean, every time I walked on the on the set, uh, Zach seemed to be riding some new motorized people mover, and yeah, I'm like, right. "Wow, what a fun job!" Yeah. Why the hell aren't we using those in the hospital? <laughs> well, right. yeah, it was a time well, I, I, I discovered that um, I, with my new money, I, I really just wanted to buy different types of electric scooters, and I would ride them around. <laughs> uh, we got to go to break. Wait, hold up. Before we go to break, I just have one more question to ask. It was related to the question that I asked before. <laughs> on the other side of things, though, were your peers giving you shit for working on something like Scrubs? Did you ever have to hear? Were you ever, not bullied, but like, you know. Why, well, I mean, wouldn't they think it's badass? <laughs> well, at, at first, at, at, you know, I don't know. At first, it's some show that you're working on, and then when it becomes popular, all of a sudden, are you Fonzie at work? Yeah, right, were you Fonzie? Right. Were you Fonzie at work, John? <laughs> I've did you, never did you been hit Fonzie. EKGs and the things and the things correctly? John, did you wear did you wear um, a Scrubs uh, merch down the halls of your hospital? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be well, right back. Wait, we're gonna hold that yeah, yeah. answer, and we'll be right back right after this. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? 
go for a run, take a nap, read a book, show up for a friend. A lot of people spend their lives wishing they had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it your priority. Therapy, personally for me, has helped me a lot focus on my goals. And you've heard me talk on the podcast of the whole idea of whiteboarding and manifesting and, and really getting clear with myself what I want to accomplish in my life and where I want to set my sights. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RealFriends today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RealFriends. Let me tell you guys, my family loves our Helix Sleep Mattress. Ever since we've got it, we've had some of our best sleep yet. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Not only is the mattress the best I've slept on, but the setup was fast and easy. Helix mattresses are delivered in a box straight to your door for free. Helix is offering 20% off of all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash realfriends and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Daylight savings time is starting up again for most states. The goal? To give everyone more daylight from March through November. By setting clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash realfriends. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash real friends. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash real friends. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself. But we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs 
programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. Okay, and we're back. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, did you did people think you were cool or did you hide it from your peers? Well, I, I have to say, in the beginning, you know, as a as a fellow, there's so much work to be done at, at the hospital. And every time I'd run run out of there, I'd be like, hey, dude, could you like cover this for me? Could you do that? And so it started to be a little bit onerous on my on my co-fellows, but then once they realized what what was happening they were they were definitely into it and i had a great band of brothers uh, as as a fellow and you know eventually they'd be like all right we why don't you tell them about this patient and why don't you tell them about my this and my that and i used to be this so uh yeah it became uh, it became a, a fun thing are you the one who told bill about the ass box about all the stuff that, that the hospitals pull out of people's asses because they just like to put things in their asses that's just a human thing <laughs> I think I think that that every everyone who has gone through medical training has has had that patient with something. Really? What's lodged, the weirdest thing you've had weirdest? to pull out of someone's ass? Right. Don't yeah, yeah. lie; it's okay. Uh, John, every- be honest. What have you pulled out of assholes? Well, I I, I mean I, I don't want to make make fun of make fun of it. Uh, there was someone who came in saying, you know, there's a beer bottle in my. You know, got a beer bottle got stuck. Uh, can you get it out? And um, this, this, I, I don't want to say this because people might get, might get like horrible. Like a forty but, ounce, or like know, a forty ounce, or like well, a normal. Well, the, everyone, everyone was looking at the X-ray, and they were, they were betting on what kind of beer it was going to be when they pulled it out. <laughs> You guys, sh- you guys, this is a public service announcement. We have we have we have a cardiac surgeon here, uh, a very 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 smart man. Do not put things that aren't supposed to go in your ass in your ass. Are there any things? Well, no. you can oh, put you can, can put we, dildos. Uh, you know things that are meant. There are a lot of things that can go in your butt. No, hole. there's butt plugs and dildos. But I don't think and, a beer bottle is one of them. Yeah, I don't I mean, think a beer bottle is with, one of them. That's stick my with, point. John, is it safe to say stick with penises, butt plugs, and dildos? Uh, you know, as a cardiac expert, <laughs> and anal beats, and anal beats, yeah, and anal, anal beats, up to any like sex approved, approved sex toys and penises. But other than that, maybe not, maybe not a beer bottle. Yeah. <laughs> um. One of the best lines in Scrubs history when uh, when Cox sees a light bulb in someone's ass and he says, either this guy has a light bulb up his ass or his colon has a great idea. <laughs> yeah, no. um, John, I wanted to tell you, though, I don't know if you, you – I'm sure you know this, that the uh, the AMA has come out and said of all the medical shows, Scrubs was the most accurate. And that, must, that must make you that, pat that, yourself that, on the back. You got to feel good about that. Yeah, I, I have definitely heard that from from people, and you know, I, I work in Oswald that has a huge number of of uh, physicians in training, uh, and um, 
you know, as as people come through to interview and I'm walking down the hall, I will hear people say, oh, that's the guy. That's the guy from Scrubs. Uh, and over and over, they will say, this is what what why I wanted to go to medical school because of this show. This is so accurate. I, I I've experienced every one of those things. And I think the accuracy was most the most the thing that was most accurate was the the feeling of 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 what was going on the emotional anxiety the emotional roller coaster that the residents that you guys were portraying was really the thing that was the most real mm. yeah but 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 you know people are always amazed because you know there a lot of the medical shows are dramas whereas we were about as silly as a comedy could be, but Bill's commitment, and I imagine it, it came from you as well, um, was that when you play the medicine, I want it all to be real. I want it to be straight. And so we can go and have a crazy fantasy where you know, the crazy shit you can imagine is happening, but when we come back, the medicine itself is all played real and straight. Yeah. Right. Yeah, not, necessarily, sure. not necessarily the circumstances of how the medicine is given, but the medicine is always going to be on point. We're not going to tell you a lie on, you know, this would work or this wouldn't work. You know what I mean? Like even with yeah. the spinal, where the guy got injured with his spine and everything like that, and they were doing the ice and fuse, not fusing the spine, but you, was it water and fu freezing the spine? Is that what they were doing? Right, right. And stuff like that. That was an experimental thing at the time. And we had to get that right because it was something that was... No. That you couldn't. You can't. You can't be like. And this is how you healed somebody with a broken back. If there, right. if there wasn't something out there, right. And I right. feel like you made sure every time it was like that. Yeah, and, and that was a really more, weird way even, to get even, there. But yeah, even more than that, I think. I think back of maybe the the episode where all three of the main characters or four main main characters. Sorry, I just. Belch. No, I want to keep that be, belch no, because gonna, I want no. Gonna, no, the I'm reason I'm going to keep it is I want everyone to know that even cardiac surgeon will belch. So uh, you know the episode where where all four of the main characters have have someone who dies. Um, that in a comedy was the most dramatic and heartfelt episode on on TV. Your experience, Zach, with the the elderly woman who chooses to die, like. Mm -hmm. That is a huge truth in, in medicine. People choose to die. And it's heartbreaking and heart-wrenching for you as a physician who gets to know them. And maybe you don't necessarily agree with their, their decision. And you're trying to subtly talk them out of it. But you, all also, want to, you also want their decision to be what, what's driving their autonomy. So that, that, that episode really stands out in my mind as what really captured it. Yeah. Right. What about the emotional connection? Like, how do you, if, if, if that's what it is, then how do you make it the next day? If you're rooting for someone to survive over and over and over again, you know what I mean? How do you make it back to work again? Then? Like yeah. that was something that we show in scrubs and the courage that all of the frontline workers have, the courage that all of the doctors that work in hospitals, all of that stuff after witnessing death like that, mm. you know, how do you get up or, or what, you know, and, and it's not just death like, you know, someone passes away peacefully. Sometimes it's violently. Sometimes it's kids. Sometimes it's so, you know, there's so many things. How do you process all of this? Close your eyes, go to sleep, wake up, 
and say, okay, I'm going to go and receive all of this energy again. How do you do that? How, yeah. how, how is that? It, it, it's it, that that is such a good point, Donald. It, it, it can be taxing. Um, you know, a, a couple things come to mind. Obviously, if someone if if you can if you know someone's going to die and you can help them have a, a dignified death, death with dignity, that's always enriching. Uh, as sad as it is, as you know, at least they had death with dignity. I don't want to take your podcast down. You know, uh, no, 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 no. Okay. This uh, is exactly this. what. Yeah. this is yeah. the show. This is what we wanted we to want do, this. right? Yeah, exactly. we want it. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Uh, and uh, you know, my special part of my specialty, I specialize in, in diseases of sudden death, and so I have many of my patients who who die suddenly. You know, like Len Bias. You know, those those types of diseases. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, there is, you do connect with your patients and, and it can hurt. And, but, um, you know, you try to give them death with dignity. If it happens violently or suddenly or unexpectedly, it's their, it's their family. It's their support system, uh, that that's really having to deal with that. And, uh, yeah, you know, part of it is Donald, this is where the, the dark humor comes from in medicine that, that sometimes is portrayed, uh um pretty well in scrubs that that you know we're not making fun of people we're not making fun of their disease or their their process that they're going through we are as a defense mechanism using this kind of dark humor to exactly what you're saying sort of gird ourselves against this sort of recurrent assault on on our emotions Mm, yeah. Wow, that sounded pretty good, by the way. No, that, that was, was good. Great. Oh, my God. Yeah. You, that you, was you're fire. A natural. You're a natural. <laughs> Yo, send that straight up to those dudes that did the, uh, that did the, he's climbing in your windows. He's snatching your people, people up. Send that to them, man. They can no, turn remix. that shit into the fire remix. remix. <laughs> now, John, your specialty is the electricity in the heart, right? Correct. Yeah. Now, Cardiac did you, electricity. Yeah. Did you ever do heart transplants? Uh, in my training, I have seen some, some heart transplants. I never did them physically. Uh, what I do, uh, in my yeah, specialty. Say, say exactly what you do in, in the, in, okay. in, they have this thing on Reddit called explain it like I'm five. Explain, yeah. just explain what you do for everyone as though we're, well, we won't say five, as though we're 12 years old. Okay. Uh, cardiac electrophysiology. I treat heart rhythm abnormalities and sometimes abnormal heart rhythms can be deadly. And so for those, I will use catheters uh, in the heart to try to redraw the electrical pathways. And if we can't, if someone's at risk of dying, I will implant devices in their heart that will rescue them if they if they have death, sudden death. So, so like bionic heart type shit. That's a pacemaker. No, right? Pacemaker? Uh, there are pacemakers, but what I'm talking about are what are called defibrillators. Yeah, defibrillators. Oh, so it's like oh, yeah. a defibrillator that like goes into your body that you carry around with you. Wow, yeah. Yeah. is that a new technology? Uh, probably since the I mean the f first implant was probably the late '80s, uh, and it's it's gotten better ever since. Oh, back when you and Bill were doing blow. So yeah, that's yeah. a long time. <laughs> uh, I, 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 have, I, have, I have another question. I, I have a question too, but you I know, man. But I just I'm want excited. To ask about it's hearts. fucking real, he's, JD, bro. I know, man. But he's talking about hearts now. And I know, stuff. but I got a heart question. It. You do your so heart do question, I. and then how close are we to freaking artificial hearts, man? Like, yeah, what John. Are, what the where, fuck? What are you doing where, over there? Where? <laughs> when is when can I live forever, man? Like when can right. that happen? Like uh, like Captain Picard. 
What? Yeah, when... Star Trek's nerd. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right, John. We're, we're... John, you're showing we're, we're, your, you're we're, showing we're, your we're... inner JD nerd. But <laughs> Dom wants to know: Aren't there already artificial hearts? What are you talking about? <laughs> Yo, there are, but they're like, but they're not the same. From what I understand, the artificial hearts that are out now, like, are. It's literally like a tube that does. I don't get. I don't get it. Why are you answering the yeah. question for him? Yeah. <laughs> because you asked me. You asked yeah, but you're like. So as far as I know, there's like a thing with a tube. Why don't we fucking ask the guy? <laughs> yeah, we do have. We do have uh, mechanical assist devices that help very, very weak hearts, um, and uh, that that can be used uh, as uh, as a bridge. They can be used as a bridge until we can get a heart transplant. And I don't know if there are any motorcycle uh, riders listening, but thank you for all of your hearts. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, I got to say this. I got to say this. I got to say this because I I was going to segue to the story, but you did it beautifully for me. When I got my motorcycle for the first time, I uh, was so excited. And I met a heart surgeon. And um, I was making small talk with him because I – I, I, we were at a, a, a thing and I wanted somebody to say, and I, and I was curious. I said, explain to me again. I said, like in layman's terms, how does a, how does a heart transplant work? I just don't get it. And he goes, well, after the motorcycle accident, <laughs> we, we harvest the heart. And I was like, what now? And he's like, yeah, we call them donor bikes. Is that true? Donor cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Donor cycle. Donor cycle. <laughs> now, is that oh. because they're usually young, healthy men? It's usually because the, Motorcycle accident kills people violently, usually by head injury um, or massive internal bleeding. But the heart is fine, and so then if you can get to that that person if they're still living, uh, then you can take them and and harvest harvest their organs. How do you harvest, harvest the, the heart? Wait, I have a question. How do you harvest the heart? Let's say someone's in a really bad accident, but they're still alive. Is it? Is it you or someone, I mean, maybe, you're, maybe not you specifically these days, but someone has to go, hey, this isn't looking good. Would you like to donate the heart? Yes. Uh, yes. It's oh. a beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that, that people do. Um, I am involved with the, uh, many of my patients are, are on the brink of, of heart transplant. So I do send many patients to, to heart transplant. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that... Families of very sick people, like maybe someone who had a, a catastrophic uh, motorcycle accident, and we know the ultimate outcome of, of that person, and that family says, yes, you know, let's end it now. Take that heart and wow. get it to that, that what person a, what so a, that what a, they what a, can survive. What a moving choice. What a powerful choice for that family. Yes, All right. yes, it's beautiful. We should probably uh, go to break. And Wait, then... before we do, I just want to say I have a BMW 9T now for sale. Um, it is a beautiful, beautiful donor cycle that will be up on eBay this afternoon. Uh, yes, Donald, let's go to break. We'll go to break, and when we come back, we have more Real JD. Let me tell you guys, my family loves our Helix Sleep Mattress. Ever since we've got it, we've had some of our best sleep yet. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. 
Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Not only is the mattress the best I've slept on, but the setup was fast and easy. Helix mattresses are delivered in a box straight to your door for free. Helix is offering 20% off of all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash realfriends and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself, but we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit Visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every Grey's ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And the new season streaming March 15th. And we're back. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, you made them unlatch. Sorry, sorry you if you unlatch. Hey, we got to get it back now. Take that nipple. Get it. Okay. Sorry. What does Maybe. that mean, made them uh, unlatch? We, what we have a mean? lot of um, w- women who tell us they listen to the podcast whilst breastfeeding. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> if we're too loud, we the babies unlatch. Um, <laughs> now, JD, we want us to a pivot, if it's okay, to discuss COVID because you oh, are I'm very impressed with your sports terminology 
right there. I guess what did I say? Sports terminology. <laughs> well, that would when be you're um, playing in the post. When yeah. you're playing in the post, you want to be able to, you know, catch the ball, right? Pivot, yes, and give or, a move. Or I'll give you mean? another. I'll give you another analogy, Donald. If let's say we were doing a normal show, and then I call an audible and say, "Hey guys, now we want to talk about COVID." Wow. Like, well, I, no, that's not that's not exactly what an audible is. An audible <laughs> would be like, all right, we have a play that's going right now. Yeah, talking to JD about scrubs. Go ahead. Right. And, oh, shit, he sees, the defense sees the play that's coming. Yep, I'm seeing 2,000 people die a day. Okay. <laughs> I need to call an audible. Right, we should inform them. So we can get this touchdown. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Wait, can I, can, I just, can I just say that uh, uh, I did play basketball with Donald once, and I don't know if Donald remembers once, this. Quite a few times I played basketball. Yeah, I, I guess it was quite a few times. So Bill, you know, Bill's a huge, huge basketball player, huge basketball fan. He's run uh, the same basketball game for 25 years now. A very competitive game, I understand. A very competitive and game. It's and the most dangerous was, game. I, I saw this man get his jaw was it you that got your jaw broke? Bill had his jaw dislocated. Yeah, I, dislocated, yeah. And oh, you popped that... it back into place. Yeah, well, I, I popped many fingers back into place. Oh, but, that's uh, nice I... if you're there. <laughs> yeah. and, an, and a nose, and a nose, right? And a nose. <laughs> For well, years. listen, listen, he is so kind um, that he lets, yeah, he used to let me play. I, 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 have, I have since retired from basketball. Um, but he would let me come and play every Tuesday, knowing that I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, and <laughs> Sometimes you play in scrubs too, man. Like you have on your scrubs. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I was horrible. I was horrible, and everyone Not knows it. Well. But he was so kind. And then <laughs> Donald would come. He would come, and I remember this one game. And you may not remember this. I remember this one game that the first time ever in history I found myself ahead of. A breakaway, and somebody threw the ball to me, which never happened. Somebody threw the ball to me, and I just closed my eyes, and I, I was running to the back. I threw it up, and it went in. It went in, and everyone was like, "Oh yeah, oh man, he that does that breakaway." And Donald, I think you said lucky. I think that's I did not say that. I did not say that. That's bullshit. I was known to be a dick when we played basketball. Donald, I think I, I think I, I think I lost a lot of friends. I think the reason why I'm not working more in Hollywood right now is because of my basketball prowess. I gotta tell you that Donald, Donald on the Donald when he was playing would become a different person. He became like not. This is not a joke. This is fucking serious. He's well, he's fucking. the real deal. Like I mean, this was a game of of actual basketball player, nine actual basketball players, and me, and and. I mean, when Donald played, he was, this is, he was the real deal. We flashy. all played, I mean, we all played, we all played, I was very flashy, but we all played very, uh, we all played very competitive basketball in that thing. In that all right, week. listen, let's segue to, JD, tell us what your position is at Kaiser Permanente, because um, Bill Bill said you're the Kelso of Kaiser Permanente, which, <laughs> which as I understand it, is one of the biggest hospitals in Los Angeles. Uh, tell us so, what you do there. Right, so I, I, I'm at the uh, Kaiser Los Angeles Medical Center, which is our quaternary hospital. So this is where all of the, the big specialty uh, care occurs. So it's a very big hospital, a lot of training programs. 
uh, and I'm I'm a cardiac electrophysiologist here, but I am also an assistant medical director for the for the medical center. Uh, so yes, I I have sort of transitioned to a Kelso esque uh, position. Okay, and are you? Somehow, or is that just come? Was does COVID overseeing just come with that position, or are you on some special COVID team there? So, right, what comes with the position is we run, we help run our COVID command center locally. So all of all of our hospitals, thirteen hospitals, have have COVID command centers because there are questions that come up. How do we move patients from here to there? What do I do? I have a patient in my office. I think they're sick. What do I do with them? Uh, and so we have to we have to together with with a whole team of, of logistics experts figure out how to manage this surge of of patients that is in some places overwhelming the capacity of hospitals. Our currently our hospital is is okay, but we are anticipating more and more patients. So I will put it into context for you in Southern California for Kaiser. You know we had about four weeks ago had two hundred members who were hospitalized as of yesterday 850 uh hospitalized so i mean in four weeks it's quadrupled so uh this is not going away unless people take it seriously unless they use hand hygiene wear face coverings avoid congregate settings social distancing um that will help mitigate it and we've seen that happen multiple times already since this all started back in march we had a spike in march we instituted these mitigation factors, hand hygiene, face coverings, social distancing, and we brought the number down, right? That's when everyone started talking about flattening the curve, right? That's not a term that anyone ever used before March, right? But now everyone in the, in the grocery store is saying we got to flatten the curve. So that worked. Then the summer came. We got a little, a little complacent. We had another peak. We reinstituted. And we again flattened the curve, and now it's just everywhere because I think a COVID sort of quarantine fatigue. It's out, but uh, is it safe to say that in LA County, it's it's pretty out of control right now? It is out of control and getting worse. Um, the The positivity rate is going up. A few months ago, it was down around around six six or seven percent. It's now up, you know, eleven, twelve, thirteen percent positivity rate. That means. The number of cases, the, the number of swabs that, that are being done at testing centers, more and more and more are coming back positive. Uh, and so that's a, a, a sign that the R naught is increasing. That is the infectivity of the of the pandemic is is increasing. And so we really have to take this seriously. Um, to if you were in charge, uh, John, if you were the governor. Or I should say, if you were the mayor uh, of L.A. Let's not put him in a situation where he has to make a decision for one of Be these political. I, I, yeah, I don't want him to. Okay, him. well, we can yeah. skip. Well, okay. I was just interested to know from a doctor's point of view if, yeah. I mean, you can answer how you want to answer, John. But yeah. should we be in a, a more of a more of a lockdown? I mean, England is fully shut down right now. That's, um, yeah. that, that's exactly. That's a good question. That's a good question. That's exactly what I was going to say. And, and the way that, that I would answer that. Uh, is we really do have to take take what six other successful countries have done and really consider doing that. Look at England, right? Look at Japan. Look at South Korea. They've done amazing work in in limiting the spread of this disease uh, because they have huge capacity for testing. 
they lock down, they mask, they keep social distancing. And okay. so, yeah, I mean, we, we should take, take that into consideration. I have a question. Okay. If they're doing such a good job, though, why is everybody locked down again? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, right. like we're talking about every, here's, here's what I don't understand. I can't answer we're supposed, that. Okay. We're supposed to, but if we're supposed <laughs> to take examples from all of these people, all of mm -hmm. these other places, everybody's in the same situation that we're in. I know, but of. bro, they, they, the government told, I was in the United Kingdom and the government had just told them, okay, great. Um, don't need to wear a mask outside anymore. Um, you know, relaxed, lots of things. And I was walking around a crowded food market in, in Notting Hill and the only guy wearing a mask with hundreds of people. Mm. And so it's not their fault necessarily. They were told by the government, all right, we're good. No masks outside, no matter what. And then it, it rocketed back up. Right, J.D.? Okay. They, they, right. Yeah. I think we're past that message now, though. I think, right? Aren't we? I think America finally has come to the realization, you know what's going to work to stop this is masks. I think even the mask naysayers are like, all right, look, I get it. We need to mask up. This is getting out of control. I th no. And if they aren't, and if they aren't, then they're starting. I can't speak for everybody, but I feel like America's starting to come around to that. They're not. They're what not. Not even in L.A., dude. Just the, the Saddle Ranch, which is a tourist trap on Sunset Boulevard, decided, I know what we'll do. We'll just tent our parking lot and, and have however many fucking people there partying. That's I would I, I would drive yeah, by ridiculous. it. I would drive by it, and I just couldn't believe it. Now, finally, they they closed down outdoor dining. Well, but, I think I, mean, I think, but I don't but think anybody. I don't think. But anybody, that's my point. I think I think right now, everybody who was doubting that shit is, if not now, when these numbers come out, and hopefully I'm wrong about this, and these numbers aren't high, and I'm probably gonna be wrong about it. You're this, wrong. I tell you, you don't have to yeah. finish the sentence. <laughs> but when these things right, but when these Thanksgiving numbers come out, hopefully everybody understands. What uh, JD? What, will you tell him that what, that's what ludicrous? That this, that after the, all this Thanksgiving travel, it's gonna we're gonna see a huge spike. Let me tell you guys, my family loves our Helix sleep mattress. Ever since we've got it, we've had some of our best sleep yet. The Helix lineup offers twenty unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10 to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from. Each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Not only is the mattress the best I've slept on, but the setup was fast and easy. Helix mattresses are delivered in a box straight to your door for free. Helix is offering 20% off of all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash realfriends and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself. But we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs 
programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com toyota let's go places if you want to relive the feels on gray's anatomy hulu is here for you but what are you waiting for let's go every episode of gray's anatomy is now streaming on hulu seriously every i'm your person every now we dance it out every mcdreamy every mcsteamy every gray's ever now streaming on hulu and the new season streaming March 15th. For Christmas. Oh, I know that. Yeah. But I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying, I'm hoping that doesn't happen. But I'm saying, can we do all of this by just wearing masks, washing hands, and social distancing? Can that, so, will that solve the problem? Yeah. I mean, I, I think something that Fauci talks about is we tried to flatten the curve back in, in March, April, and May. Uh, but we never got got down low enough to then say, "All right, partially open would be would be wise." Whereas in Europe, they were able to really drive it down to a very very low very low rate before they then before they then opened things up a little bit. Um, and uh, so, it, I mean, we're we're in a bad way right now. It's only getting worse, but we'll we'll get through it. Uh, and I. I, I would be remiss not to mention that we do have some vaccines coming. Yes, that's I a good segue. That I, that's a good yeah, pivot to vaccines uh, because I think the question on, on – it has to be on everyone's mind. When will everyone get it? Now, we, as I understand it, there's a minimum of three, right, J.D., that are, that are very exciting, uh, Pfizer, Moderna, and another one. AstraZeneca, can, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about, again, please – don't get smart uh, uh, cardiologist on us and say it in layman's terms. When, when, when is the proximate rollout for this? And understanding that seniors and frontline workers will get it first. But I listened to a podcast. The head of Warp Speed said that he thinks by by May we could start reaching herd immunity, which which seemed a little bullish to a to a, a novice like me. But we what, can you talk to talk about vaccines for our audience? I will. I will. It's so funny you say that. I just want to back one second. The writer in the writer's room 
as I would start to talk about some whatever medical thing, I would then get into being Mr. Medical, medical ease, and the writers <laughs> would start to make fun of me. And so then they started to like make up fake JD words uh, <laughs> and, and then call me, text me and say, is thrombophlemtesis a real thing? Like, <laughs> okay, let's talk about vaccines. Uh, yes, um, we have two uh, uh, vaccines that are being submitted for emergency use uh, authorization by, to the FDA. Pfizer and Moderna are closest. Um, they are uh, uh, two-dose vaccines, meaning you have to get, get one dose and then three weeks later get a second booster. That might be one negative uh, thing about it, but, but listen, it's a pandemic. You're, you're going to get two shots. Um, also, AstraZeneca has uh, a, also a two-shot uh, um, vaccine that's quite close uh, also there, to getting emergency use authorization. The issue is, will people take it? Will the companies have the capacity to make enough? And how will it be distributed? So I think there's one more issue that you're forgetting there, Doc. Yeah. And how does it work with people with autoimmune diseases and stuff yeah. like that? So yeah. that's a real yeah. issue that they're not that we haven't been discussing. But like, let's say you have an autoimmune disease. Let's say you have HIV. Let's say you have something like that with taking this vaccine how will that affect your body and how will that right. affect you as right. well so that's that, that's a great question and so for example the pfizer vaccine is a uh is a novel type of vaccine that, that uh, i think you know what donald is referring to is that some vaccines from the past used live viruses as the vector to de either deliver the the uh the vaccine or they were live attenuated viruses of the thing you were trying to protect against so that it couldn't infect you, but it was the actual virus. And so people who were immunocompromised on chemotherapy, they couldn't take those because their immune system wouldn't, uh, 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 could get overwhelmed. The Pfizer virus is what's called an mRNA virus. I don't know if I want to get into the, the, uh, no, keep it, keep it, specific. For, keep it for 11 year olds. Doc. Yeah. So it's a, uh, the Pfizer uh, virus is a, is a novel virus that, that lets, the body make the protein that our immune system then fights against. So it doesn't make the virus. There's nothing contagious about it. So it's really safe in that way. Uh, and um, but again, it's it's this two shots. And the thing, the downside with one of the downsides of the Pfizer virus is that it has to be shipped and kept very very cold. And there aren't very many people, very many companies that make these freezers that keep things at negative 94 degrees. So that might be one, one problem. The Moderna uh, is a similar vaccine. It doesn't have to be kept as cold. It is also a two-shot series. And then the AstraZeneca is, I think people have real hopes for, for sort of the world in general, for, for certainly the third, third world, because it doesn't have to be kept cold, um, because that's, that would be, that's a real problem for, for countries that wouldn't have access to these super freezers and electricity and, you know, all of that. Right. Uh, and so that, that might, and, and it's cheaper. So that might be a real answer. Um, in terms of the capacity, what I have heard um, is that Pfizer said they'll have uh, about 30 to 40 million doses uh, by the end of the year. That means by the end of this month, by the end of December. Uh, and so, again, it's a two-shot 
vaccine. So that would be enough to cover about 20 million people. Mm-hmm. The government has come out with guidelines on who to uh, vaccinate first, second, third, uh, and though, but they are not mandating that. They are letting states define that. But in general, I think what the 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 rubric that that most states are taking is um, healthcare professionals and the most at risk patients, so people over sixty five, with you know people with chronic health issues who are transplant patients who are really really at risk uh, for for bad outcomes related to to COVID infection will be sort of that first wave, and it just so happens that. If you look at all healthcare professionals in the country, um, physicians, nurses, LVNs, MA, all of the all of the healthcare professionals, that's about twenty million people. Uh, and um, again, there was a study, unfortunately, recently, a questionnaire survey uh, that about sixty percent of physicians said they would take it, but that means that forty percent wouldn't, uh, and only about forty percent of nurses said that they would take it so now wait, I, have a dumb, I have a dumb question wouldn't you as a hospital and your administrator be able to say you can't come to work without it wait, I, I understand i understand you can't force john q citizen to yeah. take a vaccine but if right. you if you're an administration you say if you want to work here you, as, a, as a medical personnel you have to be is that isn't that possible right right making it a stipulation of employment is something that is being discussed now again, we we are very you know, union union heavy state. Here we go. Uh, so that's uh, that's going to be a political that's going to be a political issue whether you can make it yeah. uh, a stipulation of of employment. Well, but you know people have questions when it comes to this. You know they're talking about how it's ninety percent effective and everything like that. But what else is it? What else does it do? Like I'm I'm making a joke here, but will my kids grow? You know what I mean? Will you know? Will they go through puberty if they take the vaccine? You know what I mean? Like, you, you, there's a bunch of things. I'm a 46 year old man. If I get the vaccine, will I live to be 80 still? You know what I mean? I mean, right. not that that's a not that that's a possibility. I mean, it's anything. Well, is I think possible. it's good, sorry, Donald. But you Donald, know what I mean? Like, there's so many things that. What's the long-term yeah. effect when it comes to this? Yeah, Donald I mean, brings up, uh, I think, an important thing that's an elephant in the room that we have to address that a lot of people are understandably concerned, not, not even anti-vaxxer people who are just like, you guys sped through this thing and you made it. And, and of course, we, we, at least on this podcast, trust scientists. And we, But, you know, you'd have to be a bit naive to not go, is this okay? Yeah, no, for sure. It's a great point, Donald, and I think that that people have have had fears of of vaccines uh, going all the way back. Um, I will put one thing into context. So, for example, that I do want to make a pitch for getting your flu shot this year, the flu vaccine, and I'll use that as a as a, as an example. So, some people say the same, you know, have the same reservation about about the flu vaccine, um, it's a different vaccine. I understand that. But listen, if the flu vaccine had some weird, crazy side effects, in the last 10 years, we've given 1.8 billion doses of flu vaccine. 1.8 billion doses of flu vaccine. And we haven't seen any weird, crazy side effects. It's yeah, a but safe but vaccine. It's been around for a while. So like the yeah. science is there that it still works. Yeah. This is something that's only been around for literally two months, a month and a half, not even a month. It's not even out yet. 
You know right, what I mean? right, right. How no. do we how do we trust that? Right. You make you make a really good point. I'm going to get a little a little uh, sciency here. Um, so yeah, so the flu vaccine uh, has uh, four different strains of uh, of proteins that are specific to four different strains of influenza virus. It's not the virus itself. It can't give you influenza. But those proteins are then injected into the body, and your body makes immunity to those proteins. So that when a virus, when an influenza virus goes in there, it has that protein, your immune system can get it. That's how standard uh, vaccinations work. So this is similar to that. The Pfizer vaccine has your body create that little pro- piece of protein, and then your, your immune system creates memory uh, so that if, in fact, a COVID virus particle gets in there, it already recognizes it and, and it keeps you keeps it from overwhelming the body. So, yes, influenza vaccine has been around for a long time. It's not exactly the same vaccine that uh, uh, the same virus from from uh, uh, 1918 pandemic. Um, however, it's the same idea. It's the same idea. So thanks for bringing that up. But in terms of safety of vaccination, we know that vaccination is safe. Yes, this is new, so I understand everyone has has a concern of long term safety because all you know Pfizer had about forty five thousand uh, patients, Moderna had about thirty five thousand patients. So yeah, it's a fairly small sample size in terms of the world, but it's a good sample size for a study for a vaccine study, and there have not been any safety concerns really. No one... Am I correct? You're saying something that I didn't fully digest, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it's the same concept as the flu vaccine, just with different things because it's COVID. It's the same concept, yes, that a vaccine works in that in the flu vaccine, we give you a piece of, of a protein that's on the, the influenza virus and your body recognizes that protein, now it has memory for that. And so when an actual influenza gets in, it sees that protein and it attacks the virus. The same idea for vaccination for for COVID, there are some candidate vaccines that just inject the the little spike protein into you, doing the same thing as influenza. This new mRNA type virus, this novel type virus that that, uh, Moderna and and, um, Pfizer are using, Sort of take it one step, one step back, and it says we don't have to wait to make you know get that protein. We can have the person's body make the protein. So they inject the little piece of what's called messenger RNA, and our own cells create that protein. Now our immune system recognizes it. So when COVID comes in, so it's the same thing, just one step back. That's a little sciency no, uh, for people. So sorry about. Okay, that. but now if you have an autoimmune system, I know we kind of covered this, but does that is that a dangerous situation? For someone with an autoimmune disease or someone with something that's similar to that? Right. So that's a really good point, Donald. So say, for example, someone is on chemotherapy and their immune system is really quite uh, quite weak. Um, sometimes they have trouble mounting a good immune, uh, immune response in order to, to establish memory. Um, in fact, for those patients when they come and get the flu shot, we give them an extra big dose of it so that their body can really try to try to make it. So uh, we'll have to see how that works in those patients. I do not believe that immunocompromised patients that you're talking about were part of these studies. Uh, and so it's a really, really good point, Donald, because we are, we're 
you know, extending sort of making the assumption that it's going to work for everyone, but it might not work, say, for someone who has uh, uncontrolled HIV and their immune system isn't working or on chemotherapy or something like that. All right. So, J.D., let me ask you something. Or as we call you, John, real J.D., you know, I, I when I when I went in my phone to text you um, to come on the show, I, I noticed for the first time, and I haven't texted you in many years, but I noticed for the first time that you were in my phone as John Dorian, um, <laughs> and not and not and not making a joke. I, I literally just put you in my phone as John. <laughs> well, um, I remember that you even truncated. I don't know what season it was. That I remember you started calling me real JD on the set, um, or pretty early on. And then you just truncated it to real. real. Yeah. So it just Sarah, eliminated Sarah, my name Sarah entirely. Chalk. Yeah, Sarah Chalk calls you real all the time. All right, so, so last major question. I if have you're... a couple more, man. I'm sorry, dude. But I just want to make sure we touch that, like, correct vitamins and stuff like that, like vitamin, as like zinc and stuff like that. Are things like that effective against this virus, like zinc, vitamin D, uh, you know? Uh, right. So early on, C. early on, Donald, you know, People were in a panic uh, and they were grasping at straws and they would someone would say zinc works or Clorox works. And our president would say, shove a light in your butt and that'll work. Right. And so. <laughs> right. And so they really glommed on to anything. I tried that. I tried that, by the way. <laughs> Did you try yeah, I have a light in a beer bottle. I didn't use the beer bottle. I just said, I have a small table lamp, and it felt nice, but I, <laughs> I, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it immunized. But there have been some studies about vitamin supplements. There have been studies of uh, medicine, medication called remdesivir. There have been some some studies of uh, some different things. Nothing has really really come out. It's really just supportive care uh, for for people. Um, there there are some ongoing studies about uh, monoclonal antibodies, which are a way of Passive immunity, that is, your body makes antibodies to fight viruses. Well, the thought is, why don't we give antibodies that are already made to people who have the virus already? That's called using monoclonal antibodies. That's that Regeneron, right? That's Regeneron. that Regeneron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so that's under that's under investigation as well. Yeah, so there are there are some, some things under investigation. But those right, are let's different from vaccines. Chase. Let's yeah. cut to the chase. If I'm a listener on this audience and I'm not a senior over 65 and I'm not an essential worker and I'm not a doctor and I'm not in a nursing home, um, I'm, I'm a 45-year-old, for example, uh, you're probably thinking, um, what, when, when roughly, if things go well, when roughly might I have access to a vaccine? What, what, so, what is, I know that I know that the head of Warp Speed said May-ish. Yeah. I wondered if you yeah. thought that was real or, or or too bullish. What are your thoughts? I think that I, I think that that they're getting that from from the manufacturers who are saying we can have this many uh, by the end of the year. We can have this many by you know the first quarter, and we can have this many by the summer, uh, and uh, you know by the end of. 2021 they're talking about having over a billion over a billion uh doses so yeah so i think that that he that, that they are they are taking that uh extrapolating it to about may is when they would initiate sort of the phase three so phase one are is whom we talked about phase two would be essential workers firemen policemen teachers you know that and then the the population that you were just referring to zach would be sort of the last uh, 
big population and, and they would start to get uh, immunized around May. That's sort of what I heard the same, the same, the same estimate. Okay, okay. One last question. I swear. This is it. If you have the, <laughs> if you have the vaccine, can you still spread the virus? Okay, Donald, that's a really good question. And it's something that we don't know exactly because the, the data that came back from the studies from Pfizer and Moderna said, look, we are 95% effective at preventing someone from getting sick from COVID. Uh, and it did not study, it did not look at whether someone who is vaccinated could still be an asymptomatic carrier. Uh, so then how can it. we talk about herd immunity if we can't guarantee that this is something that can't spread after a virus? Yes, yes. I, I, I don't, I don't have, have an answer for that because I yeah. don't think that was studied. I don't know if everyone understands what herd immunity is. Um, the idea of herd immunity is once about 70% of a population uh, is resistant to, to a virus, then the virus has a hard time finding its next victim, and it it then is unable to continue its its infections, uh, and it sort of it peters out at that point. We have never uh, had natural herd immunity, so I know that people have heard in the beginning of the pandemic they said, "Oh my gosh, Sweden is is going for natural immunity." They're just telling everyone to go out and do their thing and get sick, and we'll wait for natural herd immunity. Humans have never. There's no example that I know of that humans have achieved natural herd immunity. The only herd immunity that we've ever ever achieved is through vaccination. So that's why smallpox is no longer in a, a problem because we created herd immunity and it's now extinct. That just sounds like it just sounds like the Hunger Games, man. We're gonna go natural herd immunity. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? What does that mean? We're just gonna let everybody get together and the survival of the fittest. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, Lastly, JD, I just wanted you to tell everyone that because I had heard this, and but they won't—they should hear it from a real doctor, not a fake doctor—that the vaccines are just kind of going to be—you you get what, what what's available, right? Because um, uh, people shouldn't start to go to their doctor and like, no, I I want Moderna, I want because it's not going to be like that, right? You're going to get it at your your Rite Aid or your Walgreens, just like you would the flu shot. I, I'm told, but but you're just going to get the one that happens to be available. You're not going to be able to select it, correct? I, I think in general, that's probably true because we're uh, certainly in the beginning, there's going to be such a limited number of doses. We're really going to have to have to be uh, careful about who is getting it, who we're giving it to. Uh, and then eventually, if, you know, vaccinating the entire population of the world, uh, that is a huge undertaking. And like you said, it's going to be who, whatever we can can up manufacture enough to start to start giving out, and uh, it's going to be whatever whatever countries can get their hands on. Nations are already bidding. Uh, there's bidding wars for for guaranteed numbers of doses, and so it's just whatever whatever the countries get. What what month well, what, would you guess that you and Dolly could safely, with no concerns, go to the movies? Oh. Well, we're we're being pretty careful. We're being okay. pretty careful. I'm just okay. Let's say a typical yeah. cautious cardiologist and his beautiful wife. Yes. When would you <laughs> When would you go to the movie theater and be like, I have no concerns? Oh boy. Uh, 
I would say fourth quarter 2021, first quarter 2022. Ooh, wow. Donald, what wow. about all our blockbusters? <laughs> oh. 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 You heard it here first, people. Wait. Settle into Netflix. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, uh, so let's say you've had COVID already. Yeah. Do you still recommend getting the getting the good uh, question, Donald? You that's are your best on question. Fire. You know you why are. he's on fire, by the way? And not to not to not to not to. I, he finally fucking did his homework. He did more <laughs> homework for this for your interview than he's ever done for anybody else. I want you to know. <laughs> it's a really excellent question that again was not studied uh, in in any of the uh, in any of the uh, studies because those patients had were checked to see if they had. Uh, if they already have immunity or already have antibodies in their blood. And so um, we don't know what, what that is. I would suspect, you know, I really do advocate for the flu shot. I want every listener to go get the flu shot. Even if you think you've had the flu already, there are multiple strains of influenza. And so unlike the COVID vaccine, the influenza vaccine has protects you against four strains. And for every year, we get a peak of influenza a and then a peak of influenza b and so if you've had a you can still get b and so we we always tell people even if you've had influenza get your flu shot every year and this year especially i just want to warn everyone there is some data out of china that co-infection does happen if you can get your kid can come home from from whatever they're doing congregate whatever they're doing and give you influenza your job you can get COVID and you can be infected together, co-infection has a much, much, much worse outcome than than just a single infection with either one. So we already have a vaccine for one of them. Go get your flu shot. You just mentioned something. You talked about kids and everything like that. So we, in California, uh, kids are still allowed to meet up and go play and stuff like that. Um, I'm told that they don't get sick from the virus, but they can still contract the virus and pass it on to us so why are we still allowing i mean i personally for my kids mental health i'm willing i get it i'm willing to risk all right i could die this is something that's that could happen it's very scary i'm not gonna lie to you this is something that i freaking have nightmares about often sending my kid back to school and him or her coming home with the virus and giving it to myself my wife or my other children and uh, one of us being the, you know, the majority, not the majority, the minority in America right now that perishes or yeah. gets uh, very, 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 very sick. Yeah. So, like, one, why is it that we're still saying, okay, let the kids, I, I think it's because peace of mind and letting the kids' mental health grow and, you know, sacrificing yourself for the future and everything, you know, it's, it's the song. I believe the children are future. <laughs> it's that song, you know what I mean? But we're talking about masks and everything like that, but we're, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I just I, We're letting the kids play sports. We're letting the kids do all types of things. Are yeah. we, are we playing? Are, are, are Let we, him answer. You've, it's, okay. a, it's a really, it's a really great point. Uh, and I will tell you, I, I just want to put it into context. And again, Influenza is a great prototype that people understand because we, we, we go through a, uh, an epidemic of influenza every year. We know that kids are the super spreaders of influenza. We know that they get it and spread it at school and bring it home, uh, bring it home to their families. 
For some reason, and I do not know the answer why, it is felt that maybe they are not as much super spreaders of of COVID. And there are all sorts of theories why they don't have as much ACE2 uh, receptors or whatnot. I was going to say, I was going to say it might be the ACE2 receptors. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, And they they tend to do well. In terms, in if they do get sick, they tend not to be the ones who have severe illness. That is not to say that we have not had children with severe illness, children with multiple, you know, uh, MISC, um, multiple organ uh, inflammatory uh, diseases after, much like um, Kawasaki's disease. It's not to say that that uh, all kids are immune to it, and we know that. Teenagers are more like adults. So I'm a little bit confused about our attitude towards it because we know that teenagers get it. We know that they get sick and we know that they spread it. And so we can't generalize them into the same category as, quote unquote, kids. So what's the cutoff point that roughly that were kids to teenagers? Yeah, I, I think they, they talk about teenagers. So anywhere over 12 or, or, or 13, right. you know, the Pfizer, the Pfizer study uh, studied kids over 12. Are so, your kids are your kids in in are your kids in school or are you home learning? No, home kids are, are on Zoom school. Right. Uh, they're on, on, on lockdown. But. You know, now I don't know the right answer. I think that you bring up a huge important point, and that is that the mental health, the development of kids, the education of kids, the tech inequity of kids, the food inequity in our in our society that some kids yes. are really suffering. So it's Preach, a huge doc. problem. Thank you, thank you, amen. So, but it really is important that that there are other psychosocial advantages of kids being back in school or back together, back congregate. And we have to find a way, we have to find a way to do that. Uh, and I don't have an answer. Well, on that note, um, <laughs> I want to thank you so much because this, seriously, this has been incredibly informative. Um, we had the fun of, of talking about your involvement with the show and, um, and it was just so, so helpful that you, we have someone who's so knowledgeable about, about all these things. And I really, really want to thank you for your time because I know that um, you're a busy man. Well, I just want to thank you guys. You know, this was so fun uh, for me. I was so excited and I really didn't sleep well last night because I was nervous. But, uh, but I love the uh, fact that you're like heading the COVID uh, response <laughs> at, at Kaiser Permanente and you didn't sleep because of coming on our stupid podcast. <laughs> you know what, Joel? We might have to send him one of these onesies. Now, Doc, would you wear a onesie like this? I was wondering, what is it? I would definitely wear that. This is an official fake Doctor's Real Friends onesie, and I think that Joel will make sure we gift you one as a thank you gift for coming on the show. We I'm going to warn you, you know, let's get him an XL, because I, my, I, I, if, you, if you get a large, it's a little small, Doc. As you can see, I don't know if this is a medical term, but I have a moose knuckle. Oh, no. <laughs> That is not what I wanted to see today. Okay, but I just want to thank you guys. I always had so much fun with you guys on the set, and this is so great that that I was able to to come on here. I will come. Well, will on you anytime. come back? We'd love to have you back. I'll come on anytime. 
Joelle, let's pick an episode that um, that has a has a complicated medical thing that might be. I'll of confer interest to with people. our podcast owner yeah. Bill about yes. let's, Oh my let's god, focus Joelle! On don't one. you start with that joke, Joelle? That <laughs> yeah. joke is not funny. I can't believe she just said that. I know. I, I feel like she just said that. I, I could cry. Like they're welling, yeah. but they're not. They're not overflowing the lid yet. I think I will. we should focus on something that has to do with like the heart, so he can get really <laughs> deep into. Yeah, it's matters of the heart. And, yeah. and 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 what do you call them? Donor cycles. That's right. I will tell you that the, that the Bill told, Bill said to me last night: if they're being mean, just text me, and I will call in on that show. No, we're never mean. We love our guests. We love our fans. Hey, listeners, we hope this was informative. Um, this is not a political thing. I know some of you get upset when Don like it political. This is not political. This is about keeping everyone safe and. Believe it or not, we genuinely care about your health and your the well-being of you and your family. And I'm just so lucky, we feel so lucky that we had John here to uh, impart some wisdom. So, uh, John, we do a thing here on the podcast. Have you ever uh, uh, listened to the podcast before? It's okay if you haven't. You're a busy man. Uh, I listened last night for the first time. Okay, good. So as okay, you know, we time. count out um, like like a count into a song, five, six, seven, eight. W- would you do us the honor of counting out and do our into our ending song. Wait, before we get into that, I just want everybody out there to know, don't think we're deaf and we don't understand that, you know, the importance of money and the importance of the economy and everything like that. I know we were very COVID heavy in this and we didn't necessarily get into the other side of things on why, you know, what uh, what America, what other Americans feel like they need out there. But I will say this, John, when uh, we started this show we wanted the theme song to be like loved by everyone so when you say five six seven eight today you have to come at it with some like uh energy that you know it has to be real energy it can't just be some timid i didn't sleep last night because (laughs) i was nervous about coming on to the podcast energy Exactly. You got to come with it. With the... it needs the energy of nurse. Get the fucking crash card in here now. <laughs> right. It needs it that. Needs that it needs energy. that. He's coding. Yeah. yeah. It needs the I mean? code needs blue. That. Sprinting to your third code. <laughs> it needs okay. like the exact. It needs the. What are you? The executive. The. The co-executive, what is it, chief of medicine, whatever. Yeah, the, it needs that the, type of energy. Co-chief. He's the co-chief. It needs that co-chief energy when you're talking to your interns, when you're teaching your interns. Okay. Are you ready, John? I'm it's ready. It's a five, six, seven, eight type of thing, though. Remember, okay. five, that's all, that's, like that's Debbie all. Allen. Debbie In Allen. Rhythm. In rhythm, John. You ready? Go. Right. Yeah. You ready? Five, six, yes, seven, eight. stories about a show we made. About a bunch of docs and nurses in a Canada who love to hate. I said, here's the stories that you all should know. So gather round to hear our, gather round to hear our, Scrubs Rewatch Show with Zach and Dono. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, it's simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. You can learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. 
Hey guys, I've been telling you about how we are big fans of Tacova's boots. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for our listeners. Tacovas will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R-E-A-L-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And point your toes west. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 